Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody. It's James Vagley here. Welcome aboard another episode of the MBA podcast. It's episode 112, 112, talking about the concept of a client concierge. I love this one, Ash. And um, it's great to have you with us, as always, listeners. And Ash, always a pleasure to hang out with you for the next 20 minutes or so. My favorite time of the week, James and Mm. listeners. Great to be here. Hope everyone's well. Exactly. So, um, client concierge, a little bit of context, listeners. Um, We teach a model of building a team, a little bit like a factory, like a production line. And if you haven't seen it before, it consists of essentially chopping up the job or the role of a mortgage broker into sections or stages um, so that the broker is uh, giving away or handing off uh, down the production line tasks as they build it out. So, you know, removing loan processing, removing uh, admin tasks, removing the research phase, removing settlements, et cetera, et cetera. And the more and more we do that, as we know, Ash, we, uh, we can get that broker focusing on what they do best and what brings in the most money, which is talking to more people. So... That's the basis of the production line. The very, very top of the production line, listeners, if you haven't seen it, is what we call a CSM or a client services manager. And that's where this client concierge comes in. It's a dedicated person that is in charge of your clients. We're talking about proactively managing your database, proactively managing client reviews, managing referrals, touch points with your clients to really make sure that you're looking after them. Now, Ash, most people don't do this and I think they don't do it because it's seen as a pure expense. If you were to hire somebody just to look after existing clients, well, the default thinking is, yeah, but they're not bringing in extra business. This is a pure expense. And that's kind of the wrong way of thinking about it, isn't it, Ash? Because we've got an interesting case study to share and there are a number of things this person can and should be doing that is well worth the investment and in actual fact will be wildly profitable for the business. So let's start unpacking it. Yeah, I love this one. And um, just something you said there resonates very strongly. You know, the, the, the CSM client concierge role, it's like the forgotten role. Um, uh, you know, because of a bunch of reasons, you know, not the least is what you just said, which is it sits outside what most people determine as direct revenue driving or dealing with the workflow that's involved in revenue driving, which we call a loan process flow, you know, taking a client from lead to settlement. So a lot of focus goes there and rightly so, um, because you need to build that out, you know, to deal with that that work effectively. But the client concierge, um, the client uh, services manager tends to sit as I'll get to that when I'm ready. It's an expense. Um, And so most brokers end up in a position of just cobbling together with sticky tape, a pretty simple process, you know, some newsletters, some rate updates, 
um, a bit of a reach out for reviews, for compliance, and you know maybe generate a couple of clients. But there's so, so, so much more potential in that role, so much more potential. Um, and I think, you know, even if you're not at the position in your business with wanting or needing to hire this person, I think it's a really important discussion we're having today to start thinking about where it fits in the broader strategy of building out your business and start thinking about what would be involved in that role. So let's have a think about all of the, the positive benefits of a CSM, uh, James. And look, really, really excited with the, I know the case study you're going to share, which is a, you know, a shining example of, of the benefits. But, you know, there, there's obviously client retention, right, which is really important for, you know, compliance um, and also uh, retaining clients on your loan book because we know the number one reason clients leave anyone's loan book is because they haven't heard from you in a while, mm. right? Pretty easy to fix. Get in touch with them more often. That's number one. Number two, there's generating more business. The more you talk to your clients, the more that you're in their head, the more they're going to refer people to you. That's pretty obvious, right? Number three, there's all sorts of other things that a CSM, a real person, can do rather than what I would call an automated process that just pumps out newsletters. An actual human being managing a system can contact your clients, can generate opportunities, can nurture them, can ask for referrals, can ask for um, recommendations to people they could speak to as referral partners. There's so many things that a CSM will repay the investment multiple times over. Um, so I, the mindset shift is to, I guess, change thinking away from a CSM being expense to being an investment. Yep, oh, I like that. And the, the, the big question, I guess, from listeners would be, well, when do I do it? And you're right, Ashton, that most or many wouldn't be at the level yet where they can warrant a CSM. And that's where hopefully a lot of tech and automation comes in. So doing things like your, no doubt your CRMs and programs that you're using will have built into them. Like when a client is coming up for a fixed rate or it's been six to 12 months since you settled their loan, there's a lot of automation that's available these days to keep in touch automatically with your clients. Hey, it's time for your annual review. You know, uh, if you'd like to have one, call my office. That, you know, most brokers, uh, the CSM role is essentially not really done and at all. And if it's done, it's done pretty poorly by some automation that essentially just says, if you ever need to talk or it's been 12 months, uh, come and see me. Um, it's usually automated and Unfortunately, the automation stuff sounds great, but uh, we know Ash, that people are lazy and uh, don't really take action on these things. So it's a good interim solution for if you're not ready for a, an actual staff member yet. But the difference between um, the automation version and a, and a live CSM is, is chalk and cheese. Um, and I guess we could dive in, Ash, to the reasons why you should do this and why you shouldn't rely on, hey, it's time for your annual review. Um, if you want one, click here or call me and why that's completely bad and wrong. Uh, I don't know if you want to dive into that at all, Ash, to sort of help beef this argument up. Well, you're quite right to uh, describe this as stages, I think, James. Like um, there's a right and a wrong time to hire a CSM and I see both mistakes um, getting made. 
um, hiring a hiring a person to work post settlement purely because you run off your feet and, and to be a it's a very reactive decision. Um, I think the the way to approach this is proactively, um, and there's ways to start out down this path if you've got a bigger picture sense of look I'm leading towards when I, the time is right to have a full time person. In the meantime, I can still start building that workflow. I can use a third-party provider, for example. I can use automation. I could get one of these companies that exist that will ring my database for a fee and represent my business. So, you know, there's ways to start walking down this road without having to actually pay a salary for someone just yet. But the ultimate goal, once the work picks up, is to hire someone in to proactively, right, proactively manage your database, the review process, the reaching out for referrals, the nurturing, the organising events, and not to mention, shall I say, almost the most important thing is to be the interface between you and your database. I think this is where a lot of brokers you know, lose their marbles a bit going, you know what, I know it's a good idea and I know I should do it, but I just haven't got the bandwidth, I haven't got the attention, the time to really think through, you know, uh, being available uh-huh. to my database. Like imagine if you've got 500 clients and you suddenly start sending out emails saying, hey, I'm free, call me, and you're already working too hard. So I think there's a little bit of a negative assumption that if I'd actually be creating more work for myself. But if you can hire somebody to proactively stand as that firewall between you and the database and basically organize your activities, like you can still do videos and whatever it is you want to do, but have a concierge, a person, who represents you and your business to your database in a very positive, um, happy, smiling, energetic way is a really powerful positioning. It is. It is. I was going to touch on the fact that um, it's, it's, you mentioned a minute ago that brokers see as, as an expense. And I think a lot of brokers also see managing a database as that's a whole bunch of work I'm not going to get paid for. Like, proactively reaching out, doing annual reviews, pricing requests, things like that. All they see is that's a ton of work. I'm not going to make much money, if any, for doing. And that's the wrong way of thinking about it. Uh, Number one, that's why you get paid trail. Uh, And number two, the act of actually managing your database, number one, protects that trail. And number two, actively generates uh, a ton more repeat business and referrals just by reaching out. Uh, let's go through a quick example, Ash, because we won't name names, but we have a particular member that's been working with us, has a fantastic business, um, has come leaps and bounds since working with us over the past uh, 18 months or so. And one of the things they've implemented in their business is a CSM, Client Services Manager, a little bit like a client concierge. Now, this person has hired a, I don't know if they're part-time or full-time, but they've hired somebody and their sole job in the business is to go through the client database one by one, look at files, see where we can sharpen pricing, physically actually make contact, see how they're going, get any updates from them. And uh, while I'm not across the exact process, Ash, um, just the act of doing that uh, apparently has generated an extra, I think he mentioned maybe four or $5 million a month in loans just from doing that. That's not a bad return on your investment, is it? Like, 
seriously, that's not that complicated, James. Like, let's just let's just reflect on that. I, I really like, and I know this member really well. Obviously, I've been working very closely with him in his game plan and his strategy. And yes, his problem now is he's got so much work coming in. We're expanding his team to keep growing his capacity. This role, see, he didn't hire someone to do everything from day one. This is the mistake. Don't think you've got to hire a CSM and all of a sudden they're doing 10 different things, right? Start with a very specific objective. Go through my database one person at a time, read the file, get to know a bit about them, contact them you know, uh, get the updates, get to know what's going on with them. And then what you'll find is, I, I, I don't know statistically what the number is, but I would think it's it would certainly be one in 10, perhaps significantly higher than that. One in 10 of those people will go, I'm so glad you made contact. I was just thinking about X. Yeah. Right? How often that happens. But you know what? Here's the sad bit. If you didn't ring them, it would just stay as a thought in their head. Or worse, their neighbour or their sister or their friend would say, hey, my broker's awesome. You should speak to him. Guess yeah. what? Yeah. They're out the door. By the time you hear about that thought, you're getting a notification on your trial report that that client's refinanced their loan. And you're scratching your head going, that's a good client. I really love them. They yeah. love me. What did they leave for? I like that you mentioned it from those two perspectives because a lot would think, uh, about the protecting clients from refinancing. But I love that. I think that's a one to write down and remember everybody is that a lot of people are thinking of doing stuff. Oh, we're thinking of buying a new car. We're thinking of renovating. We're thinking maybe we'll move. Oh yeah, we've been meaning to pull the finger out and get an investment property. There's a lot of people sitting around thinking. And unfortunately, this is that sort of laziness that most people fall into, you know, people are busy, they're going to work, they're getting things done, the kids, they've got weekends, there's social commitments. They're not necessarily sitting around prioritizing their money and their finances and investments. So if you prompt them, uh, that thought can actually translate into a result for them and a result for you. So I I really love this. And maybe we can do some numbers for it, Ash, just to sort of um, hit home. Like for example, let's say you've got 100 clients and you want to keep in touch with them. So those 100 clients, if you've even just helped them with average size loans, the trail on that is probably, what, 60, 70 grand a year, Ash? Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it depends on the loan balances, but, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, even if, you know, average of half a million dollars a year, uh, loan size, 100 clients, 60 grand a year in trail. What if you spent that money and hired somebody to look after those 100 clients? Um Think of how many of how many people each of them know. Think of the chances as what you said, Ash, that one of them needs to do something else. Um, what sort of volume, extra volume would you need to do to make another 60 grand? Oh, to it, make another mil? six. Uh, uh, yeah, 10 mil. So less than a mil a month, which yeah. I would call, depending on the market that you're in, that's one and a half loans. Yeah. So you're talking, you've got 100 a people. Month. And you need to extract an extra loan or two from that database to make back the trail that you invested. And, you know, in reality, you'll probably even make two, three, four times that. So it's uh, it's cool to do the numbers because that's what's actually happening when people do this. 
Well, when you're thinking, listeners, about generating leads and you're looking at all of the different strategies, you know, obviously a lot of them are valid. In fact, they're all valid at one time or another. But you're thinking about what's the fastest way that I can generate some opportunities in a proactive way? One of the best is sitting in your lap. That is your database. People who already trusted you once or twice, who have respect and for what you do, reach out to them. Right? I've said this before, James, and I'll say it again for listeners if you haven't heard this from me before. I've hired and fired in a dozens, if not hundreds, of brokers um, and people over the years in different businesses. And when I say fired, I don't mean <laughs> for negative reasons. It's just part of the process of building a team when people can come and go from time to time. But the point of the story is the most valuable hire I ever made was a part-time client concierge, client marketing manager, a university student, nonetheless, 19, 20 years of age. Her job was to look after my database, survey them, speak to them, find out what they're thinking, find out what we did or didn't do well, how we can do better. She... Cost me, I don't know, it was 15, 20 grand a year. This is 20 years ago, not much, right? I paid her a contract fee. I said, I don't care how long it takes you, I'll pay you an hourly rate. It was an amazing, amazing return just by talking to my database with surveys, with phone calls, with honest conversations about where you're at. And I just know this to be true. It's not a theory, it is a proven fact. If you speak to your database, you will generate a lot of loans, even if you don't speak that well, let alone if you do it really well, which will train you how to do, obviously. But just by speaking to your clients in an authentic, honest way, having somebody else to do it if you're too busy, which is what we're saying, it will generate clients. You don't even have to ask for them. Like We see this a lot, right, James, is, oh, how do I, what's a referral strategy to increase referrals from my database? Uh, just call them, oh. just call them, right? And, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm being a little bit facetious, but the truth is just call them with something to talk about, right? Obviously, call them, you know, with a subject matter to talk about, but just call them the very nature of proving to your database that you have been thinking about them. People take notice that you have thought about them and you've gone to the effort to pick up the phone and call them. That means more than all the marketing dollars in the world. It certainly does. And uh, listeners, I think we've got a previous episode in the podcast where we talked about doing annual reviews right. And uh, go deep digging into the uh, archives if, if you can find that episode. That would tag nicely with this one in terms of, well, how should you show up and do those reviews properly? Uh, one final thing for me, Ash, when you when you were talking, I thought we'd just hit some actions for people. So you know, if you're pretty new to the industry and you don't have that many clients... Uh, if you can manage doing this personally and you can contact all of your clients every six months and touch base with them personally proactive, not an automated email, not a maybe, but a personalized proactive review of what's going on with their situation, uh, do it yourself and allocate the time. If you've got more than a certain number of clients, and we're not going to give you a number because it's different for everybody, uh, but maybe not enough to warrant hiring somebody, You could either look at getting somebody casual, maybe a family member, uh, somebody on contract so it's not uh, too expensive, or you can consider using some services that are out in the market that do it for you. 
And if you've got a larger business, you've been at it for a number of years and you've got, you know, 100, 200 plus clients, you should be seriously considering uh, having a part-time or full-time person doing this for you. Um, and I guess with that, take it with a grain of salt. You know, we would always recommend that you get specific advice and help from coaches like us to make sure you're doing that at the right time and in the right order. So um, obviously it is a fantastic strategy, whether it's the best strategy for you right now, uh, that's the sort of stuff that you can work out with people like us and our coaching team. So um, love this as a concept, Ash, and it works incredibly well. Hopefully some more and more people take it up. It is absolutely. The client concierge can um, serve so many positive functions for your business. I want to finish with one quick anecdote, one minute, one, one true story. I was speaking to one of our members recently. Uh, he's based in New Zealand, um, and he was reaching out to a, a possible referral partner. And the referral partner, who's a real estate agent, said, uh, look, I'm not really interested in referring you clients, right? Cold shoulder. But, uh, look, would you be interested in calling some of my old database of people that I've dealt with that aren't really doing anything, basically sort of what he would call the dead database of old interested buyers. And the broker, to his credit, said, yeah, right, there's 180 people. So this real estate agent gave him a spreadsheet with 180 people who did not know this guy from a bar of soap. His strategy, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call them and ask if I can help them. Well, have a listen to this. I've spoken to him and I said, that's amazing, brilliant, fantastic. What's your conversion rate? And I was expecting maybe one in 20, 30 or 40. He is getting one in eight into a strategy meeting. One in eight of people that have never heard of him, somebody else's database, and just the act of picking up the phone and saying, hey, my name's X. Uh, I believe you've dealt with this person who I know. Um, I hope it's okay. I'm just giving you a call to see if I can help you. Mm-hmm. One in eight people have gone, good timing. I'd like to chat with you about something. Hello. I love it. I love it. That's so good. And, you know, it just makes so much sense. It's uh, years ago, Ash, we used to talk about the fact that uh, the humble post box is a graveyard now that everybody is doing everything online, emails and SMS. There's nothing in the poor old post box. So it works incredibly well for the right instances in your business. This is the same. Let's think about your clients and the phone and human interaction is turning into a bit of a graveyard. Businesses are flocking to automation and, you know, uh, services that will essentially, you know, try and keep clients happy without having to talk to them. Um, So that when you actually show up as a real person and you've done a little bit of homework and you show some interest, you know what? They love it. And because it doesn't happen anymore, people don't get birthday cards, they don't get stuff in the mail, and they don't get valuable conversations with real professionals anymore. So everybody, do it. I love that, Ash. Such a good com- um, good conversation and a great example. Beautifully summed up, James. Great conversation. Take action, guys. There's an opportunity to be a real human being connecting with real people. Show interest. They were the magic words. Show interest in people genuinely. You don't even have to be that good at it. Just the act of showing interest stands you apart from most people. So, Better yeah, great it. chat. Yeah, great one. Hope you've enjoyed it, listeners. Uh, looking forward to seeing you next week. Ash, have a great week. Next time, James. See you, everybody.
Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.